0: Hey there. Welcome to the stormwater world podcast. Hey, stormwater fam. Uh, There's a lot of great resources in this episode and it was just a pleasure getting to speak to Christian Hennessy. You can just tell when somebody loves what they do and it just shows through immensely in this episode of the podcast. Give it a listen and uh, let us know what you think in the comments and uh, make sure to subscribe over on YouTube as well. And a big shout out to our sponsor, Digital Stormwater, they're out there impacting stormwater one click at a time. Digital Stormwater is a full service digital marketing agency for stormwater people by stormwater people. So check them out at digitalstormwater.com. Hey, everybody, welcome back uh, to a new episode of the Stormwater World Podcast. Uh, I'm excited about this episode because uh, you know what? I live in Texas, everything's bigger here in Texas, right? So if you're gonna go big, you might as well go big. And so today we're gonna talk, to Old Castle uh, Infrastructure. And I've got the, the perfect person to do that with me is uh, Christian Hennessy. He's a treatment product manager in Stormwater with Old Castle Infrastructure. Christian, welcome to the pod. and Thanks for uh, coming and visiting with me today.
1: Thanks, Ty, very happy to be here.
0: So, uh, not to put you on the spot that you represent a a big company, but it's kind of hard to hide. You can't hide uh, when I throw out the word outcastle, right? But uh, before we get into all the talking points that we have today, and folks, we've got a lot of information for you, uh, a lot of cool information because, uh, and I hate to, I hate to steal Christian's thunder, but you know what? When you're a big company, What can you do? You can put funding into innovation, and that's what—that's pretty exciting. And we're going to get to that. We're going to get to all that. You know, the what they're doing uh, for the next generation of stormwater innovation. But before we do that, uh, Christian, why don't you you tell everybody, you know, who you are and and, and how do you fit into the the Old Castle world?
1: Yeah, certainly. Uh, Well, again, my name is Christian Hennessy. I work for Old Castle Infrastructure as the product manager for our stormwater treatment products. I'm part of a team of product managers who are responsible for directing product related activities for our national portfolio of stormwater products. Uh, I live in Portland, Oregon and have a BS in civil engineering. I went to Oregon State University, go Beeves. Uh, I've worked in the stormwater industry for about a decade, (laughs) uh, wearing various hats as a designer and manager for stormwater engineers. Uh, My passion for stormwater really stems from my love of the outdoors. I'm an avid hiker, an outdoorsman, and I desire uh, to be a steward of that environment. And I see stormwater infrastructure as a way of, well, rather implementing the BMPs of stormwater as a means of supporting that goal.
0: Got gotcha, you. Got gotcha. you. So let's go ahead and rip off that first band aid, which I think, is, as far as in the Oak Castle world goes, or in the stormwater world, is uh, your most recent acquisition, right? Didn't Oak yeah. Castle, do you know anything about that? Didn't Oak Castle just pick up uh, Hydro International?
1: Yeah, we certainly did. We're very excited about that acquisition. Uh, it further enhances our ability to deliver full scale water management solutions. Uh, we have a bigger bro- product breadth industry presence and resources. Uh, we're combining our product portfolios and that of torrent resources for deep injection dry wells. And now with the Hydro products, we're better positioned to support our mission of providing sustainable stormwater products to the industry leaders and, and contractors and engineers of the world.
0: I gotcha, I got you. And then I didn't realize this, but Old Castle Infrastructure Product Group, that's who you're with, right? That's the actual technical like Correct. group, right? And is part of an even bigger company in uh, CRH. In my little bit of cursory research that I that I tend to do, and of course the wonderful notes that you provided. So what what is what is what is it does what is there? I couldn't figure out what does CRH stand for or who is CRH. You want to give a little highlight onto that before we keep going.
1: Sure. Well, CRH is really the biggest company that you've never heard of. Uh, they're the leading provider of building material solutions in North America. Uh, they house various companies under them. So really, CRH is the umbrella company, uh Oldcastle IPG, APG, uh, Enclosures Group. There is a whole slew of companies that fall oh, under man. the CRH umbrella. Look- yeah.
0: Now we got to go back. Now you can't just hit me with with acronyms. APG. So what's so what's H- APG?
1: That's really more so of our IPG. asphalt materials okay. group, all right? right? Okay. So they're that's all acronyms okay. here. Uh, the okay. IPG right. group that I'm part of is an infrastructure products group. So you know every one of these is is a its own acronym. So uh, yeah, that's you know how yeah. we like to distinguish ourselves. Keeps it simple. I mean, you,
0: you, you've listened to a, a couple of episodes. You said so. You know yeah. you got to talk to me like I'm five, right? So uh, no, that, <laughs> that makes a, that makes a whole lot of sense. So uh, what what are uh, what are some of the big trends or challenges facing uh, water infrastructure uh, and, and management today? In, in your opinion,
1: that's a good question. Um, I mean, there are a lot of trends right now. Where we're seeing a lot of different challenges coming up, uh, especially with pollutants, new pollutants of concern that are emerging. Um, But really, when it comes to, uh, you know, complex environments and engineered infrastructure, there are four broad needs that we're addressing with the water market and water management. Uh, One of those is directing water. So, you know, very simply, it speaks to the manner in which you control and route water to stormwater infrastructure. And that's really integral to managing stormwater because we don't want to impact the other surrounding infrastructure we don't want to impede on the foundations or erosion uh so really by directing the water and diverting it and slowing it down we're able to make the built environment significantly safer and the next trend would be storing water uh you know that is of course is properly or rather capturing the water that is properly conveyed and putting it into a storage vessel and releasing it at a rate that is consistent with pre-developed conditions. So really the whole impetus of stormwater is to try to take a built environment and make it act like the pre-developed conditions. So where there is now a big tall skyscraper and pavement, we want it and the downstream water bodies to think that that is still a nice grassy meadow with the water being infiltrated and treated and and, uh, stored in a very similar fashion. So similarly to that, cleaning the water is also really critical, right? So as water is flowing across the site, it's picking up all sorts of contaminants that are collected within that water and we rely on infrastructure to process and clean it. So that's a lot of the technologies that we develop is around that storage and the cleaning of the water. And then finally, transporting the water, of course, is critical as well. Uh, So we're moving large volumes of water from locations where there is more than is needed to uh, locations that have scarce supply. So those are kind of the four big trends that we are seeing. Um, And really, you know, the most important needs and challenges for stormwater industry specifically include storing Cleaning and treating the water.
0: You know, it's funny, um, kind of to reiterate that and and to highlight some of it, <sighs> what you just said because nobody's ever really came on when we've talked. Like everybody, we always talk about the cleaning part, right? That's yeah. treating the stormwater. We're treating the stormwater, and you know what I hear you saying, and I hadn't really thought about it, is really step one: the direct, the directing the stormwater. And the storing of the stormwater really is part of the cleaning process, right? Like yeah. being actually able to funnel it where you want it to go, as you said, pre pre built, you mm-hmm. know, conditions to are as close as we can get it, so that we can mirror what Mother Nature was supposed to do in that specific footprint. Is just to me, that's almost just as important as um, the cleaning itself, right? The filtering process because yeah. the better we can direct it and the better i feel like we can store it it makes it easier to clean it am i kind of am i on point with that am i kind of understanding that process correctly like uh, you know or that kind of that thought probably am i you know am i on track there with what you know with that yeah certainly you got to talk to me like i'm five right because i i just thought it was a good point nobody's ever talked about the 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 direction of the stormwater
1: yeah, you, know, makes, it's, it, you know, it's right? all part of the, the beautiful puzzle of stormwater. And cleaning is just one component of it, right? So in order to properly clean it, you need to capture all of that water and you need to hold it, retain it infiltrate it. There are lots of different practices uh, around just the storage component of water that uh, can be utilized that ultimately aid and improve upon the uh, the environment, right? So groundwater recharge is really a, a big thing, especially in California, where, you know, we have uh, significant drought conditions and really looking for technology that is going to Take that resource that is stormwater and put it back into a location where it can be reused or used, you know, by our environment, part of the cycle again. So, you know, directing the water is, is just part of that and putting it into the right location, whether it be a detention system or a dry well, uh, is part of the overall project planning process. So as the engineers are really looking at site layout and site design, they're doing grading and grading their whole sites to these BMPs and bringing particular amounts of pollutants or volume along with them. So it really is, it's a critical part of the design process.
0: And I know that you had said that, you know, storing the storing and cleaning the water is where you, you're all, you know, we're yep. Oak Castle infrastructure where your, you know, your focus is. However, yeah. I also think it's very interesting that you mentioned the transporting of water, and I think people forget that, that there's so many parts of the country, like there's a, a city, I won't necessarily name that city, okay, Las Vegas, that I really like, <laughs> um, That that all that money, all that water is coming from other places, right? It's all being transported into that city, middle of the desert, unless I'm mistaken, right? And so, you want to talk about that a little bit? I mean, I I, I want to get back to the the cleaning of the water and the things that you guys do, but you you know, it's on it's on our notes or whatnot. And transporting water is just it's very interesting to me, you know? Yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, it it certainly is. I and again, when you're talking about areas that have drought conditions or are, yeah. you know, in drought uh, environments, that becomes a really critical component to sustaining livelihood, right, in those environments. And so we have, of course, not only the stormwater infrastructure BMPs, but we're providing, uh, you know, reinforced concrete pipes, plastic pipes. So, uh, you know, you name it our company has the product that will allow and and rather support the desire or the initiative of whatever the project plan is and if that plan is to move significant volumes you know from a to b uh you know we have a lot of different technologies out there to to help support that
0: yeah and you know it- <laughs> I don't shy away from from product name dropping. I just don't do it. I just because I feel like people need to know what's out there. They need to be able to compare it. They need to be able to make the best decision for their particular project. So I think um, your is your storm capture system. That's a good example of what you were talking about as far as the reinforced concrete systems. Do you want to talk about that for just a sec?
1: Yeah, yeah. I'd love to. So I think we're getting back to kind of that conversation around uh, storing water and, you know, storm capture is one of our primary products to do that. And, uh, you know, just to kind of tell a little bit of a story on that in ultra urban environments where there's a lack of available area, we're seeing that underground storage systems you know, installed underneath buildings or parking garages or parking lots is really becoming a critical component of site design because it's allowing for the maximum utilization of the job site at that surface area. So gone are the days where we can just put a pond on the surface and call it good. Uh, You really need to be a little bit more smart about how you are storing that water on site because site area is becoming harder and harder Uh, to to manage. And so this of course is not without its challenges because the storage systems need to be very robust to handle the loading conditions uh, and may require watertight applications or vessels to ensure that the water is conveyed and available for reuse. So again, our storm capture system is a great example of that where we are installing that underneath building foundations, taking full surcharge loads, and waterproofing the system so that the water can be used for irrigation or toilet flushing or whatever reuse application on site. Great, gotcha.
0: You want to go from storage, you want to touch on uh, treatment then? So we talked about, you know, you just talked about storage, you want to talk about actually you know, I feel like we've done a lot to start already getting the water prepped for cleaning. You know, hopefully right. we've removed a lot of things or we've think, or if we haven't removed them, we've let them settle. Right? right? And then, so now let's treat them. So what do you want to say about the, the treatment?
1: Well, yeah, that's exactly right. And, and kind of taking it a step back as we are saying, <laughs> you know, cleaning is, is part of that component, but the detention piece really can aid in the cleaning of right. the stormwater as well, right? So, right. Uh, as you're allowing the the stormwater to settle, or rather the TSS and uh, whatever material is within it to settle out in the detention system, we're actually allowing that to act as a bit of a pretreatment, right? So you can go in and maintain that and pull out a whole lot of pollutants uh, in that process alone. So. You know, again, that being part of the puzzle, and then the next piece being cleaning, where you are really driving the efficiency of those systems and and targeting a particular level of performance. Um, So, you know, some of the trends that we're seeing there, we're seeing push for improvement in the contaminants that these devices can remove and the overall efficiency they achieve. Uh most systems on the market are really good at TSS and hydrocarbons, but we're seeing a need and demand for emerging pollutants like nitrogen, PFAS, six PPD quenon, which uh is a big issue here in the Pacific Northwest. Um not sure how familiar you are with that particular pollutant of concern, but
0: I'm not. Where's that? Where what is that one? Six the queen on? Yeah. What is that?
1: So 6-PPD is a preservative that they use uh, in tire manufacturing. And it's inert uh, in its standard form, but once it breaks down and is exposed to oxygen, it converts into 6-PPD quinone. And that has a significant detriment to, to really uh, fish population. What we had seen in the Pacific Northwest specifically was a significant death in coho salmon um, because this 6 PPD at very, very small levels was creating, um, was killing off all of the species and, and even all of those that were, uh, you know, y- infant were were dying at, you know, periods of four hours after exposure. So it's a really significant pollutant, especially for, you know, areas like the Pacific Northwest that really rely on coho salmon, not only for the industry, but uh, as kind of a cultural representation too. Um, so, yeah. anyways, so, you know, again, some of those pollutants, the PFOS, and the nitrogen, the 6PPD, they're all very difficult to remove from water sources. So, the industry is going to need new technology and innovation to address those challenges, which is a key focus for Old Castle. Uh, we're looking to innovate and improve our treatment technologies, like Perk Filter or Biopod, which are two of our there you go. Uh, primary. There you go. Yeah, there you go. There's a, a product plug for you. Uh, <laughs> but those <laughs> well, are. Our, you know our...
0: what? Honestly, I, I think people listen to this pod, and I—I I, I mean, I want to bring them value in the information you're providing, but I want them to be able to Google some stuff too, right? So if they've yeah. got a, you know, if they're in your area or if they're fighting that fight, I want them to be able to easily. You know, go check it out. Look up, you know, the Perk filter, or the Biopod, or for any of your Alls products. So that's cool. Go ahead.
1: Yeah. No. Plug thank you. And, and uh, I I will. I'll plug those <laughs> products I, uh, again. I am the treatment product manager, so Perk filter is uh, very near and dear to my <laughs> heart. Near, specifically, near
0: yeah. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, so you know, there there are funny. a lot of
1: great initiatives, and and again, we'll get to the innovation side of it here in a little bit. But we're partnering with universities. We're looking uh, within our own uh, institutions our own owl lab which is the Old castle water lab uh, which was a recent acquisition of ours as well um, paired with the the you know improvements that we can garner uh, in our treatment technologies through partnership with hydro so using you know what they have learned and their experiences and taking that, as well as the information we have, combining that into a nice slurry, we're coming up with some really cool ideas for the next generation of stormwater products.
0: Gotcha, that's awesome. Well, and speaking yeah. of the next generation of stormwater products, you, you've got some notes in here on uh, on how the Infrastructure Investment Act is affecting our industry. Do you wanna, you wanna touch on that a bit?
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, if we're talking trends and uh, some exciting things for stormwater and for infrastructure in general. We can't not talk about the IIJA, uh, which again, I'm not sure how (laughs) much that has been highlighted at all. I I love my acronyms.
0: Yeah, I'm messing with you on the acronyms. Yep, yep, Uh, I got you covered on that acronym. So uh, the the IIJA,
1: that is the (laughs) Infrastructure Investments and Jobs Act, Uh, a little bit of a mouthful. But that's a very, very exciting bill. It was signed into law by President Biden, uh, November 15th, 2021. And in total it's authorizing $1.2 trillion for infrastructure projects, uh, which is absolutely amazing. It's, uh, you know, nearly half of those funds are new spending, right? So some of that was previously allocated for infrastructure projects, but more than half of that is new spending. So it's going to be dispersed over five years, which started in 2022. So you can already start to see the impact of some of this funding. And uh, I think there'll be a link that we can provide to uh, to you that maybe you can include in sure. the show notes that will highlight Absolutely. some of the areas that this funding uh, is, is currently being used and how, Oldcastle is very well positioned in terms of our manufacturing arms to be able to support all of that investment. Um, so again, getting back into what that the IIJA, excuse me, IIJA is, uh, it's gonna fund <laughs> a wide array of infrastructure projects, including transportation, broadband, and of course, water. Uh, the funds are gonna be distributed in a variety of ways, including formula funding, competitive grants, public, private projects and partnerships, uh, direct federal funding. So a lot of different ways, uh, that you can go out and get those funds. And you can find a lot more information on that on our website and how we can assist specifically with navigating, uh, those infrastructure projects.
0: Well, I definitely, that's a, that's, it's a good thing. We have a lot of infrastructure issues in this, in this country. And, uh, that's a whole nother podcast. That's a whole nother episode. We could talk uh, in depth, but uh, hey, we kicked the can down the road for too long. Yeah, um, yeah. So now we really, we really, we really need to address some of these things, and it's good that uh, that you guys are on top of it and taking advantage of that. So, with taking advantage of that, um, you know, how do you envision uh, you know technology advancing you know stormwater practices kind of in general, or? what you all are doing with your, you know, your acquisitions, just in general, you know, just what what do y'all got going on in terms of that?
1: Um, Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, there's a lot of exciting things going on in stormwater right now, uh, especially on the technology front. You know, we're really starting to leverage AI and cloud softwares to really drive improvement on stormwater products and stormwater infrastructure in general. Um, so we're really seeing a movement towards smart infrastructure which includes stormwater devices of course uh, some of those are data-driven maintenance items which you know could be a telemetry device that indicates water or sediment levels for early notification when a system needs to be inspected or maintained so no longer do you have to have maintenance crews going and popping manholes and you know putting in sticks and flashlights to determine whether or not a system needs to be maintained, we can allow this technology to inform that and be much more intelligent about how they're applying their resources to maintain those products. So it's it's a lot better, uh, it's a lot smarter way to manage stormwater infrastructure. And most of those are paired to some type of cloud-based software that will allow them a user interface to see specifically the systems that need to be maintained on a map. Um, so again, it's going to make things so much more efficient in, in the cost of managing those BMPs. Smart storage is another one that comes to mind. Uh, there are products out there on the market that are using predictive software to look at available storage capacities of ponds or detention Uh, systems and looking at weather forecasts to ensure that proper storage is available for that storm, right? So it's discharging the the held water and using it on site for some type of application and preparing for the next storm event. So again, ensuring that we have the capacity within the detention infrastructure to support the storm events. You don't want ponding, you don't want flooding, and these smart storage systems can really help support that. Um, Last one that comes to mind is leak detection. So we're talking about transport of water, and this is where this really comes into play. Um, The U.S. loses roughly 2 trillion gallons of treated drinking water annually, and that's costing municipalities and government agencies upwards of $7.5 billion. So it's a significant issue. And we can use AI-powered real-time monitoring programs like FIDO, which is a a group that we have partnered with at Old Castle to use this software uh, to monitor and predict where there are losses of pressure or losses of water so that we can go in and address that problem and help reduce a lot of this waste and loss. So those are some that come to mind, especially on the waterfront.
0: That leak, that leak detection, and when I saw that in, in the notes, um, that's a lot of water. That's a lot uh, of water.
1: Are we talking?
0: Yeah. yeah I mean, are we, how are we talking big leaks that it's detecting? Are we talking leaky toilets? Like, so, on, are we on yeah. which side of the meter are we on, or are we on the whole thing to work it actually, you know, send out notifications to citizens and say, hey, we noticed that your your meter is running twenty four seven, so it's not only costing you money it's costing the world water, but like, you know, is it, how, how, how deep does this, if, do you know, like, or, you know, is that something, I don't know if that's something that you're into, but um, do you have any of that information? Like that's interesting to me, that leak detection.
1: Yeah. uh, Well, you know, it's going to be used um, across the board really, but I think the biggest uh, or who is rather going to reap the most from this would be the municipalities and the government agencies of the world because they're spending a lot of money to treat and clean this water. And as we are moving it from those plants, to people's taps, you know, uh, yeah, we're losing right. a lot of it, right? So really, it's oh, okay. in that process that, that we're work, seeing yeah. the significant loss. Wow. And so again, that's you know, leaky pipes, that's broken pipes, that you know, and this oh is all underground, gosh. right? So you you don't know unless you oh. start to really dig into it, literally dig into it, and and see that you have an issue, and and this type of technology will allow people to detect this. By means of seeing pressure drops right through their system um, by being just informed where they're seeing a change where there shouldn't be. Right. So it allows them to be quicker in responding to a potential issue. Um, So it's it's you know, it's really what is needed in order to protect This resource that we have instead of, you know, and it's not a bad thing necessarily that it's going back into the water or, excuse me, back into the ground, right? Because we were talking about infiltration and groundwater recharge, Mm -hmm. you know. So, in that sense, that's okay. But we're spending a lot of money to make this potable water, right? For use uh, by citizens and and it's just going to the wrong location. So, anyway, bad, bad use. No, no, absolutely.
0: No, no, absolutely. 100%. Because I, you know, at my house, right? Right. In my house, Little Orange, Texas. Um, these guys are great guys, city of Orange guys. They're, they, they do a great job. They got a lot to have to deal with because of the, again, aging infrastructure. Yeah. Uh, our pipe broke. They came out, you know, on a, you know, and so it never, it didn't break all the way, like, but it obviously severely hindered our pressure in my house. Yep. I couldn't tell you. And they've had to, they had to fix it three times and well and it's not it, it's shows you, know, you say well gosh you know they should have done it right the first time well <laughs> it's all about pressure right so you fix one you fix it you know fix something else and depending on how you fix this and what's old over here you introduce a, a different level of pressure each time it's not it's not a consistent you know it's not a consistent there's not backflow everywhere every little joint doesn't have a you know what i'm saying like it's not it's so it would just it would and we call them. And I'd be like, hey guys, I got water coming out of my meter going down the street. So thousands of gallons of water. So mm-hmm. I can see how, you know, right to your point, and it's a, it is a it's a connection of two of the things you've already mentioned: aging infrastructure, and then um, losing water that's already you know been treated to be drinkable. So that's really uh, that's really interesting. Um, if we go on, let's see what we got here. Um, so how might stormwater management practices need to evolve to meet future water quality and quantity regulatory uh, requirements okay so that's uh that's next up on our notes so what are you, what are your thoughts on that Christian?
1: Yeah, I think that's an interesting piece um you know, stormwater in general, the core practice of stormwater, I think, will stay the same. Um, and that was, as I mentioned earlier, how can we best institute technologies that create a built environment that acts in its predeveloped condition? You know, that's the whole aim of stormwater. So, how can we be more effective at slowly? releasing the water to minimize erosion at discharge locations. How can we improve the quality of the discharged water to protect the health and the vitality of the waterways? Cause we know that the, you know, really that there is a correlation that directly impacts the global health of the environment do or based on the water quality, right? So how can we make these systems smarter and more efficient? Um, you know implementation of uh, or implementation of the monitoring software as i mentioned earlier the telemetry devices that's a huge piece that's on the horizon and in certain cases they're already in use Uh, Smart application of the right technology, I think is key, right? The right environment is, of course, also key. So, for instance, a deep injection well makes a lot of sense in California, in Arizona, where groundwater recharge is needed. But in the Pacific Northwest, where I live, green infrastructure and technology like Biopod, Are more applicable so the technologies improve and overall awareness of what stormwater is and the importance of its use and the resource as a or it as a resource and not a nuisance will drive better policy and ultimately will result in higher performing devices so so really we just need to be smarter about how we are managing stormwater and looking at it as a resource which it is instead of just getting rid of it, which was a a process and a technique that I think had been used, you know, in years prior, which is how quickly can we capture the water and discharge it to the downstream water body. But we had seen the impacts of doing that because stormwater is very dirty. You know, I don't think people really, Think about how much pollution is really carried away in stormwater. Because if you think about a typical city environment, where you know you have your your gas uh, and your greases and your TSS and your glass and you know you name it, anything that you see within the gutter, that's all running off into your stormwater, and that ultimately will go down to some downstream receiving water body. Uh, so we are finding that people's awareness around that fact and understanding that we should be using this water and not just getting rid of it is increasing. And so I think as that awareness is continuing to increase, we're going to see better policy and we're going to see more initiatives around some of those pollutants of concern. So stormwater really is the first line of defense in protecting our environment. So I I just see a really great future for stormwater looking at, you know, the innovation that's going to take place and already how regulatory uh, initiatives and requirements are shifting to target some of these more, you know, difficult pollutants of concern.
0: Right. Yeah. It's interesting. I think it's just so funny. I just think it's a, it's such a slow moving process though. I'm just, yeah. I mean, you know, so you know, to your point, the way we look at it now or how it was looked at, at one point it was just like, oh man, if we don't get rid of this, it's going to flood my house. Right. Right. And then we went to, oh, maybe we shouldn't put that stuff in there. Look, look, the the river's burning. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> yep. And now, now you know, and then you fast forward another 50 years and we're still like, this. still the, the general public still doesn't, you know, because like you're talking about the contaminants, still see people, you know, when they get the heavy rains and let the kids, you know, the kids are out there playing in the ditch. And I'm like,
1: mm.
0: I got friends that kayak in channels. We got our, you know, our line channels here and they'll, it backs up to neighborhoods back and they'll throw their kayak in there and kayak. Yep in place in the, cause it's like, it's rolling so they can get a little, uh, uh, kayak exercise in there. I'm like, that water's gross. You like, you shouldn't like, you wouldn't go in the ocean when they've got the warnings up, you know, or whatever. Right. So like, why would you, why would you get in that? It's cause people don't know, you know? So I think that's another big challenge with all the technology that we have at our fingertips to yeah. try to, uh, improve the quality of the water itself is to improve the, the knowledge out there for the you know the the just the average citizen that just you know they flush their toilet they don't think about it and so they nope. need to know that you know stormwater we need to have some some sort of mechanism other than their house flooding to make right. them care right and that's the challenge but uh but it leads us right into what's next so so what, what is next what is the future uh I mean, how is uh what's what, what's Oldcastle Castle and yourself what are you all doing uh in the future of stormwater
1: uh yeah, some really exciting stuff. I, I appreciate the uh, little bit of a teaser at the beginning, uh, <laughs> but we're, we're, we're always looking forward. Uh, how can we support innovation in the infrastructure space? Uh, in, as such, we've developed an innovation fund. Uh, the innovation fund is $250 million. That is solely set aside to develop new technologies, especially water infrastructure. Uh, we're partnering with construction and climate technology companies operating across the construction channel in developing the next generation of advanced, sustainable building products. So. Uh, We a good example of one of those initiatives. We recently partnered with a team of researchers, excuse me, researchers out of the University of South Florida, who were awarded an EPA grant to study a technology advanced version of our Biopod biofilter and its ability to remove some of the emerging pollutants of concern that I had mentioned. So this is just one example of how we're uh, innovating projects within our own business uh, and again leveraging that those funds to to do the research. Similarly, another exciting development in the stormwater world, uh, which is not necessarily <laughs> correlated to Old Castle specifically, but uh, I think everybody is going to be able to take advantage of this program. I know they will, uh, is the STEP program, which is... Okay, but uh, before
0: you go into the STEP program, before you, I want to clarify something sure. for the listeners. The innovation fund that you're talking about, if I'm understanding that correctly, yeah. Like as a product manager for Old Castle, you work within a budget right? Mm-hmm. In your yearly budget to do the things that you're trying to do. That fund has nothing to do with your yearly budget, right? That fund is for no. other people to apply and get funding through that opportunity to further innovation in stormwater. Is that correct?
1: Yeah, that's exactly correct. So it is has nothing yeah. to do with our own internal budget. Right, this is a right. separate fund, right? It's is-
0: separate that you guys are have that so people, you know, colleges and universities and researchers and other people can can tap into, you know, obviously they have to apply and be different, but right. they can tap into to further innovation within within our industry, right?
1: If they're looking for funding in the stormwater space or the infrastructure space, and they think that they have a novel, innovative idea, yeah. go to our website, go to, and we'll leave, we'll send you a link. We'll include a link in yeah. uh, the show notes, I believe. And, and yeah. you can go onto that website sure. and you can, again, a- apply or rather present your project. And if there is a good synergy there, you know, we will be able to support that with those innovation funds. So there's a lot of great opportunities, especially at the university level to, you know, to take advantage of this, right? This is money out there that people can go and grab to support their own scientific endeavors, and uh, it's just really exciting to see. You know, Oldcastle's a big company, right? There's no getting around that. But I think right. the the fact that we are able to put 250 million dollars out into the public space to support innovation really is supporting the initiative of building our environment better right and building our built infrastructure better and uh anyway i'm really encouraged by that because i think that there are so many smarter people out there in the world that have great ideas that we can take advantage and leverage those where maybe they just otherwise didn't have you know the the backing or the ability to go out and do what they need to do so uh yeah i i think that there is a lot of opportunities out there for everybody to take advantage of those
0: Yeah, yeah, no. And that's why I wanted to make a uh, stop and make a point of it because, yes, you, you know, again, big company, everybody. So for the haters out there, hey, you know, and, and then you know, like you, they didn't have to do it. They don't have to do that. And you're like, oh, well, blah, blah, blah. It's a tax. I don't care all the other ramifications. They don't have to do it. And so yeah. if you've got ideas and you don't want to be a hater and you want to make a change and impact in stormwater, there's $250 million. Get after it. So uh, so anyways, to go on to your next point, you were talking about the uh, I think you studied the, the step, the step initiative, which I have no idea what it is. And uh, it's another acronym. So let's go.
1: More acronyms. <laughs> we love our acronyms in this industry. I think in general, people love their acronyms. Uh, but yeah, this one is really exciting. So just to kind of preface this. Uh, you know, in general, there are two big bodies that are, are reviewing and validating stormwater technologies out there. And that's Washington's tape program and New Jersey's, uh, DEP, New Jersey DEP through NJCAT, right? There's a certification body and then the verification body. So anyway, without getting into the nuance of that, those are the two bodies that everybody really looks to, to provide insight into the performance of, proprietary BMPs. And there are a lot of hurdles to, to getting into those programs. You have to have yes. field testing and monitoring, you know, that that qualify. And it can be very expensive and time-consuming. New Jersey is a lab protocol. So again, you have to have the facilities to be able to support those initiatives. So the STEP program is a really great step forward, uh, no pun intended there, to generating and creating a national standard uh, for stormwater practices. So uh, what STEP is? It is the Stormwater Testing and Evaluation for Products and Practices, aka the STEP Center <laughs> of Excellence, uh, which is associated uh, to, to NAMSA, which is oh, another acronym, but it's the oh, National yeah. Municipal Stormwater Alliance. So NAMSA is, is one- what I'm one familiar with.
0: There you go. There you go. We we finally hit one. Uh, Yeah, that one
1: I know. (laughs) uh, But anyway, they've been established to promote the development or rather this whole program, right, is developed to establish the promotion of national testing standards and verification for proprietary products, but also public domain products products as well. So it's led by volunteers from across the sector, comprised of stakeholders, uh, producers producers of manufactured devices like Gold Castle, uh, technical practitioners, researchers, federal and state regulators, nonprofits, you name it. Everybody is participating in this, and they are developing national standards around these treatment devices so that anybody can go out and test their devices underneath these protocols and every state can consider this as a, a you know, means of approving these technologies for use in counties, cities, whatever it may be. Um, so really it is allowing, uh, you know, those other programs to not carry the full burden of validating these products and creating a national standard that anybody can adopt. So it, it's really exciting. And they are uh, in the process of, Uh, right now trash capture i think is the first thing that that group is really focusing on which um, you know i think is really a a great choice because it's such a critical um, pollutant of concern to remove and Mm -hmm. i think there is a lot of focus on that right now uh, in general as you look you know to see again uh, you know kind of the the impact that the polypropylenes the plastics the forever chemicals have on the Mm -hmm. environment and ourselves and so uh Anyway, this whole program is really going to be a, a step forward for stormwater on the national uh, platform, and ASTM is going to adopt those standards uh, into their manuals as well. So they will be standard specifications.
0: Wow, is there time, how long has this been going? Is there what's the timeline on some of this stuff? Where are they and in, in some of these? The yeah, they're
1: see, they're making see. great progress. Um, I mean, this whole pr- the the program really I think kicked off back in 2020, uh, if I'm not mistaken, and it's been gaining more and more traction. Um, where it has lived has changed over time. I think WEF was the initial uh, owner of this program, and, and it found a better home with NAMSA. as it just close more closely aligned to kind of their stormwater uh, initiatives and practices. But from my understanding, the goal is to have the trash capture ASTM standard published and, and agreed to by June of 2024, or as soon as June of 2024. So this is coming okay. uh, very, very quickly down the pipeline. And like I said, they're starting with trash capture, but really will expand into other categories as well. Um, so this is going to be a, a significant improvement for everybody in the stormwater industry to be able to you know, speak to their performance of their products to a nationalized standard versus it being more regionally focused like the Washington and New Jersey testing.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, this is great. Uh, we'll, we'll link this in the show notes uh, 100%. So you can go, I'm looking at their website now. This yeah. is, uh, this, that's excellent. Um, all right, cool. Well, what other, so, I mean, we've kind of we've covered, gosh, I feel like we've been around the world. Christian, we've talked. Uh, we've gone all the way from, uh, you know, the history, some history, some basics, some basic stormwater one-on-one, mm-hmm. all the way to the the future and uh, and innovations of uh, uh, of of all types, including the the technology that is the technology that's actually existed for a while. To be honest, yeah. I mean, do you feel like some of that tech is finally coming down to where the it, it, you know budget's always a thing, right? There's two things. It's yeah. always a thing, budget. And hidden costs, meaning the ugly word maintenance, right? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so, I mean, so do you feel like the uh, you feel like the cost is coming around to where you know more and more uh, cities are going to be implement some of this technology? Is that kind of what's happening? Do you feel like, or uh, definitely? Or what's, what's what's spur what's spurring, you know, uh, the adoption, if you will, you know, because it always seems it's hard to get people to change.
1: It is hard to get people to change, of course, but I think as awareness increases around what stormwater is and how it ultimately impacts everybody, whether or not they have the direct line of sight to see it, uh, that's going to push policy, right? So I think everybody, people's voices, right, and clamoring for uh, improvements in our water quality. You know, you look at things like Flint, Michigan. Right. And you see issues right in the potable water, significant issues that have put that conversation into a national spotlight. Things of that nature, as horrible as they are, are pushing the envelope in terms of how to support these initiatives and how to do what we have done previously better. Um, So. You know, coming back to maintenance I, I am seeing that that is becoming more of a concern and more of a uh, consideration for the selection of proprietary systems and there has been some uh, some semblance of you know the systems need to be able to be maintained effectively and efficiently but there hasn't really been precedent set on how often those needs to be those need to be maintained right and that's the kicker right. because you can have a system, that performs very well at a high flow rate, but you have to maintain it every month, every other month. So balancing the efficiency with the footprint and the maintainability of the product is really where we want to, to get to, right? And I think yeah. that the race to the bottom of shrinking the system footprints as small as they can be is not necessarily the most consider it in terms of, you know, how funds are being allocated for the maintenance of these BMPs or how often they may need to be replaced, uh, inspected, you know, you name it. So I you know, I'm encouraged, I think, you know, in my 10 years, I've seen a big development uh, from just looking at HDS devices as a uh, singular means of treatment, right, as separating TSS, uh, now to where we're looking at these, you know, very small fractions of, of you know, pollutants that we're trying to remove from the stormwater. So it, it's improving vastly, and, you know, some of the technology has waffled, and, and I think the, uh, you know, like biofiltration, for example, that is the green infrastructure push. That is very prevalent right now. We're seeing a lot of desire for green infrastructure. Again, I think, and it speaks to the initiative of stormwater of, you know, creating kind of that built environment similar to the, the you know, pre-developed condition. So we're seeing improvement in that front and awareness on how we can make these technologies act and feel more Uh, more user-friendly, more applicable to, uh, you know, to infrastructure development in general.
0: Yeah, no, no, I agree with that. And I also feel like there's a couple of things going on as far as, you know, I used to be the young guy. Now I feel like I'm the old guy after doing this, you know, I've only been in the industry for 12 years, but I think there's demographic, you know, there's age, aging of our city. uh, People are changing. Um, people that have grown up and with uh, the phone in their hand is more prevalent. And so it's easier to talk to somebody and explain to them, you know, the upside of the upfront cost of something uh, yeah. that has tech, tech connected to it that can save them on the backside because it'll tell them when it needs to be maintained. Right. Because you could have three of the same devices across the city and, you know, the standard could be oh, once uh, a quarter cleaning up. Well, no, not not true if that one device on that side of the city just gets more trash than the other two combined. <clears throat> and so you don't know unless you know, and you can't know unless something tells you. So if we can combine the tech with, uh, with the treatment, with the right people, understanding the long-term benefits, and then we can get the maintenance right. I mean, it's all it's just all goes hand in hand in hand, you know? Um at least I mean that's kind of how that's kind of how I think about it but then i'm a I'm a tech guy, so I would love nothing more than you know I love the idea of a smart city that's you know saving money, and I'm not trying to eliminate there's plenty of work to be done by our wonderful staffs of Sydney you know, that that work at the city, plenty of work you know oh, yeah. so if we could do it more efficiently um then we can do a better job like you know which is the end goal of having better water. So uh, any final thoughts, anything we, anything we miss, I feel like we covered a heck of a lot, but if you've got any final thoughts for anybody out there listening that uh, you'd like to share before we sign off, uh, I throw it back to you. Yeah.
1: Thank you. No, I, I just really appreciate (laughs) the time and and the platform to be able to highlight, you know, stormwater in general, it's very near and dear to my heart. Uh, And, you know, being able to represent for old castle Uh, We very much appreciate that. Um, I think the last plug here is, of course, you know, uh, if you are interested in our products, if you are interested in the Innovation Fund or the STEP program, any of the things that I talked about, we talked about today, uh, there will be links that we will provide. And again, come to our website. There is so much information to be found there. And uh yeah, again, thank you for the time. It was really great.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. I feel safe. Fa- I feel very safe to say that if you just wanted to talk about stormwater and you had some thoughts or opinions, uh, I feel like Christian would be more than happy to just have that conversation, regardless if it has to do with any any kind of products or any any of the other things we mentioned today. Um definitely, um he definitely loves it. I can tell, I can see it, uh, I can hear it. And so um your email will be in the in the show notes as well. I'm sure that's that's probably the best way to reach you, or they can find you on LinkedIn. I'm assuming, or whatever. All, reach out all the to above, you. Yep. all the things. We'll link all that in the show notes, and you can uh, you can uh, have a uh, continue this conversation with uh, with Christian and ask him uh, your questions. So, sir, I appreciate it, it was uh, wonderful meeting you. Um, keep up the keep up the fight in our stormwater world, and uh, and I guess I, maybe I'll see you this year at uh, at one of the conferences. Thanks so much yeah. for, uh, for coming on the pod. Appreciate
1: you. Appreciate it. Take care.